Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Pentagon Zero. One Drago. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 182. So, yeah, it was... I don't have anything clever to say yeah, about the number I mean, it's not, it's not a sexy number. It's just... It's a, it's a, it's a very forgettable number but you robbie are unforgettable oh i can sing for no, you no 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 please no we don't need any coal nat king cole please is that nat king cole i believe so probably counts as a crooner right uh yes i'm fairly certain he definitely i would I, I don't know i'm not i don't really listen to that type of music but i'm fairly certain you could call him a crooner and be okay with it i'm sure if i, I asked I, I don't know, like, I, the, the amount of people who listen to Nat King Cole is, I think, getting smaller and smaller by the day. That's why you put them in, uh, Fallout. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably, yeah, get a, like a... New re- audience. Revive. Sell back catalog. Revolve, revive the genre. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, Hansmites. How you guys doing? Great? Good. I hope you listen to us on our live stream that's happening now, and you're listening to it on, uh, Podcatcher of Choice. So you're just like, man, I'm dizzy. I, I saw this twice. I don't I've, know what's happening. I've done that before for podcasts. I've re- we have the technology. We have the t- We can. I was going to do the $6 million man thing. That doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> we are uh, discussing Black Widow. Oh, like, volumes 1 and 2, issues 1 through 12. Uh, 12 just came out this past week, and I've been been itching to read it. Uh, Mark, Mark Wade, Chris Somney. Uh, I'll be talking about that later. Um, mm-hmm. but first, there's comic book. There are there are other comic books that came out this week, Eric. And others, yeah, others, and we're gonna read. We're okay. gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna review them and and talk about how good they are or how not good they are. Well, thank you for explaining my show to me. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. I do mm. my best. I I do have brain damage. I mean, it, it happens. I know you're you're yeah, fine. I'm getting you're punched fun- in you, the face you, a lot. Yeah, you're getting punched a lot. It happens. It's okay. Get a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to our first segment. It's time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will read a selection of this week's books, say you buy or do not buy them. We have a mush meter that goes from 1 to 5. If we are feeling particularly mushy, this week's first book is Inhumans Prime, number 1, written by Al Ewing, pencils Ryan Sook and Chris Allen, inks Ryan Sook, Walden Wong, and Keith Champagne, colors Paul Mounts, letters Clayton Cowles. It's a cool name, Keith Champagne. It is pretty good. I I didn't realize I like I didn't I didn't see it before, and now I'm like, no, Keith Champagne. Like, a good I, name. I want to I want to I want to be bros with Keith Champagne so we can open another law firm with Eric Hawk, Champagne, Goodnight, and Hawk. That's pretty good. It's a good yeah. combo. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, get rid of Mr. Steinberg. <laughs> I don't know. He, he lends, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be that one boring name in there. I, I guess so. He does lend that credibility. That doesn't, doesn't it? make you feel like they're, hey, we're just rock stars, man. He would not be the smart one, uh, judging by his name. No offense. No offense, Steinberg. 
No, you're, you probably don't listen to our podcast. He's not listening though. to us. It doesn't matter. So yeah. you can you can, <laughs> so you, can you, talk him all you, you can insult him all you want. It does not matter. Unless we, uh, Steinberg, let's he, read comics. He listened to our lucha lucha cast. He told me about. He told me he listened to that. So just don't insult him on that one. Uh oh, that's uh, a preview. Maybe for checking in. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, this is this and the, our next book, X Men Prime, are both kind of post X Men versus Inhumans stage setting for the incoming new X-Men and Inhumans books. Uh I'm I couldn't be happier that these two uh groups are going their own separate ways and we don't have to see them fight anymore. Mm. Fight, maybe not maybe we can get rid of fight, but interact I think is fine. No, though I, I well the Inhumans are some of them are going into space, I believe. So they're not, mm. they're probably not going to see too much of the X-Men for a while, but they probably, you know, they're, they'll still be, of course, the, the earthbound inhumans that will, the secret warriors, the, the, the young inhumans um, will certainly be probably still interacting with them. Uh, what do you think about this? Inhumans moving forward. Um, I enjoy this book, particularly compared to the next book, the X-Men book we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, pretty simple setting up whatever new event they're going to do with the Inhumans. I mean, the whole, like, let's get rid of the the King and God, I don't know. It's another, it almost seems silly, you know, let's, let's, let's go to a different system of government and, and Black Bolt's no longer the King. I, I don't know. It, uh, it seems odd to me, particularly they are developing an Inhumans movie. Uh, that will be uh, a movie and then a, a television show. Yeah, I, I mean, zero chance it's not going to be status quo by the time that comes out. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the 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 one of the Inhuman books is literally called Royals, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily say, oh yeah, it's going to last forever. But I'm, I, I hope that this. At least let some, again, I've talked about this before, but my love of the Inhumans prior to them, Marvel trying to make them a big deal, is yeah. all about their weirdness and how yes. they don't, they're not easily, they, they don't fit into like a nice package that you could push at comic book people and mm-hmm. readers and stuff. Like they have very weird, archaic rituals and they had slaves like they had slaves, like primitive alpha primitives, like they were ca- basically like cavemen who like worked underneath the uh uh Adelon. like it was a weird awful thing and that that weird bad stuff is part of like I don't want them to be nice and all like rounded edges like I mm-hmm. like the the weird cultural stuff that was in those books I hope that these I hope that they keep that in mind moving forward I don't know I don't know if they will I'm, I'm sure they will keep your uh, criticisms in mind. Yeah, I'm sure they keep. They, I'm sure they're thinking about me all the time. We're going to talk about sure. that. They're going to talk about uh, some. Yes, yes, we are. Some Marvel, uh, Marvel uh, people later and uh, checking in because they are really smart about how they market uh, and talk to people mm, on the, on the I, internet. I literally cannot wait to talk about all the stuff you've put in the show notes here. This is this is gonna be a good week. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. The, I'm I am certainly looking forward to the Black Bolt book, just mainly mm-hmm. because it has Christian Ward on art. It's you know it is. I I I feel like that is the other thing is that a lot of Inhumans books have always had artists that make them feel not like other comic books. Like you, mm-hmm. I think that is my one problem with this 
like a lot of this issue and a lot of the other new Inhumans books in the past couple of years is that because you have kind of just house style artists a lot of the time, they just feel like regular comic book characters. Yeah. And like, I remember reading the uh, Fraser Irving silent war. I remember reading uh, the Jay Lee Inhumans uh, book with Paul Jenkins as uh, uh, writing. Like both those guys have very distinct styles that makes the Inhumans feel unique when you mm. just give them, uh, you know, a, a guy that just draws, you know, like in the Jim Lee school of yeah, of art, it doesn't necessarily or, or make them feel rather special. You mean like the five guys that draw mm. in the Jim Lee yeah. school of this book? Talking, of, yeah, there's multiple artists in this one and in the X Men book, and mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I we're gonna talk about this more later as well. It doesn't ever make the book a much uh, better usually. Like it's very rare where you put multiple multiple artists on a book and it makes it better. It generally does not. Uh, I do think that this, like, issue is worth reading. I think it has, like, I like the Black Bolt Maximus stuff in here. I think that is, like, if you're, like, it, a lot of these zero-issue style books, you can kind of skip a lot of the time. But I feel like there is actually stuff in here that, you know, gives you a little insight. I find that relationship fascinating. The, the, the brothers of Maximus and Black Bolt and the, you know, I that push pull and I will always find it fascinating. So I'm a buy mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's quite a huge garbage fire. Uh, I actually do quite enjoy it. Um, feel like uh, Maximus does have a really good voice in this, so I, 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 I do think it works despite the many complaints. So I, I think I'm I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm a buy as well. All right, double buy on Inhuman, Inhumans Prime number one. Next up is X Men Prime number one, written by. Mark Guggenheim, Greg Pak, Colin Bunn, Art, Ken Lashley, Ibrahim Roberson, Leonard Kirk, with Guillermo Ortego, Colors, Maury Hollowell, Frank D'Armada, Michael Garland, Letters, Joe Carmagna. That's a, that's a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. Fair few. Fair few. Uh, I mean, this is much the same. It is setting the stage for all the X-Men books, uh, that will, it's, that will be coming. Uh, Kitty Pride is, I think, <laughs> The de- hey, Kitty Pride as default uh, point of view character. Uh, yeah, they back to that well, uh, but now she is the veteran. And my, I mean, this makes reminds me a little bit of structural wise, uh, astonishing X Men. Joss Whedon's Whedon's as Cassidy's astonishing X Men because it does that feel like same... it's uh, piggybacking on that quite a lot. Even copying some panels from it um, very intentionally. You know, obviously it's referencing things that happen in it. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, it is literally the same premise where mm-hmm. Kitty Pride goes back to the mansion and is like walking through and remembering all that stuff, and she's the the going to be a, a leader of the X Men. I mean, I think that they they are there's going to be X Men Blue and Gold and the young X Men, which are still around. It really is just a little weird at this point. I don't I don't want them around anymore. I just I'm It uh It's just like how many knots can we tie the X-Men into? Like it was it was uh I don't know, someone said hold my beer at this moment. <laughs> I was it's the thing like it it they kill Cyclops. Mhm. And then but there's another young Cyclops running around. It doesn't mean anything. Like it's just hey, yeah. look, there's just another one. Okay. 
Well, that's that's what they do. That's they kill Wolverine, and then all of a sudden there's, there's two old, Wolverines. No, there's now there's, there's there's girl Wolverine and there's old Wolverine. You can have any flavor you want. I yeah, I mean, just it it doesn't really help these leg the legacy characters. I mean, we're gonna also talk about that. I think there's there's mm. a lot to unpack in Marvel right now after all those comments they made over the. Uh, the it's gonna the be the, so good. It is, uh, but I I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what these books are. In, in in some cases, but in some cases, I, I'm kind of not interested in them at the jump. Like, I don't care about these young X-Men anymore. I don't care mm-hmm. about them. Like, I don't, I don't, I, there's, like, unless there's some, like, somehow that book is, like, transformative, which I don't, from what I've heard about the direction of the X-Men line in general, I'm not hopeful for that, but I will, I will, I, the Weapon X book looks like it could be fun because it's just looks like a bunch of murdering. Like, just have like X-Men, like Lady Deathstrike and Sabretooth and Old Man Logan bouncing off each other. That's okay. That's cool. I'm always down for the Adamantium squads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, that's just kind of like what I grew up on is all the Weapon X and Wolverine stories where he f- fights other people with a lot of Adamantium in them. <laughs> but. I, I don't this book in particular doesn't it's not doing anything like I you don't need to read this to get the gist of all those other books like I I feel like go read Astonishing X-Men that's what I would say if you want this book it's it's a it's a better thing for certain I mean um, I don't know like it, it it I like how it looks even though the varying artists but well, I don't speaking speaking of which why in in, in this age of uh rebooting comic book characters can we not get a better less 90s costume for magic who i think could be us like she has a magic sword and she's colossus's sister like she stabs she her way to hell an, like it's that, yeah. that's her power <laughs> dude that's so fucking awesome but and she looks terrible this I, is this is awful well i mean i think that's where marvel's at is that they are torn between so many they're yeah. trying to move in so many different directions at once. They don't have like they're not cohesive in any way. And you have like the new X Men, the the new the I don't even know how to the 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 the, 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 baby the original five the original five X Men little cutie wooties like they have relatively like standard standard costumes for this day and age for mm-hmm. 2017. But then you look at Magic, and yeah, it's like hey. 1994 is calling uh i don't know i don't know i don't know they 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 at least try to uh make angela look like she fit in with um the the asgardians at least it works there yes exactly she doesn't look like the 90s puked on her no i don't know i i feel like she was she was in this we'll just draw some we'll draw some pouches on magic and we'll be done with it that'll be fine Give her a great big gun that no person could carry. I'm, I'm a do not buy on this issue. You don't need to read this one. I think yeah. there's nothing in this that like makes it worth like, hey, really good character stuff that mm-hmm. sells you. It's just like, hey, it's Kitty and Storm talking a lot. I'm like, okay, got it. I mean, it's you not. Know what it's I fine, think, but not. Yeah, not. It, you know it, what I think is hilarious is they will not keep an artist on a book long enough to keep it cohesive. You know, mm-hmm. like th- th- so many different artists in this book. So the colorist is working, like having to do probably more to keep it looking consistent. Mm-hmm. All these different styles that they're fighting against. 
all these different like drawings and different kind of art files and all these things. So it's like pass the buck to the colorist who is going to get less of the credit anyway. They're the ones that are making the book look cohesive and not six artists working on the damn thing. Yeah, I hashed uh, and and rat and rant. Damn, I want to end a rat. I'd just be cruel. I, 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 you know, I do not buy. You don't need to buy this. You just go buy the X Men books you're interested in. You don't need to read this one. Like it doesn't do anything on top of that. Hey guys, we found a bad X Men book. Don't read it. Do not buy. Double do not buy. X Men Prime number one. Uh, next up is the first of four. Yeah. DC crossovers with uh Hanna Barbera <laughs> books. Uh, properties, I should say. First is. Suicide Squad slash Banana Split special, number one. Uh, words I never expected to say in sequence. They are a bunch of weird words to put together in a sentence. Uh, written by Tony Bizarre, pencils Ben Caldwell, Mark Morales on inks, Jeremy Lawson colors, a larger world's Troy and Dave on letters. I really like this alternate cover. I need to look up this artist. It's it's uh, super cool. Uh, uh, I, 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 <laughs> Carlos de Anda. Okay. The, the the interiors are pretty good too, but this monkey guy is scarier than hell. Oh my god, he's terrifying. Uh, so the banana splits somehow end up in our world and uh, somehow mm-hmm. end up going to jail and then somehow get drafted into uh, helping the Suicide Squad. If you want, there's a that's the gist of it. I have really no memory of the banana splits. No, it's it's really way before. It's like mid seventies or something. Like, I remember, like, watching old Hanna-Barbera stuff. Like, I remember watching, uh, you know, obviously watched the Flintstones, obviously watched mm-hmm. the Jetsons, mm-hmm. watched, you know, uh, like, a little bit, like, Space Ghost and Johnny, like, Johnny Quest, a li- and I watched Johnny Quest, but I don't remember Banana Splits whatsoever. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's not that complicated. They are, no. they're talking animals that play pop music. They're a band. It's not... Not the most complicated concept. I no. Is it? I like this Suicide Squad way more than any Suicide Squad book that God, I've read in the five years. Yes. Yeah. I I could literally read. I could read a couple of years of this stupidity. This makes Suicide Squad fun. Mm-hmm. This is great fucking art too. This is really. This is. I I don't know. I could not be happier with this book. It, I could. I could literally read. I, I could read 24 issues of this and be just gloriously happy. Yeah, it's it's uh, taking the Suicide Squad concept, I think, and making it palatable. And making it the only way palatable that I could take it, like, art that isn't just trying to ape 90s style and also, like, mm-hmm. a flippant tone that isn't so also, like, no, we need to be silly and, and uh, silly, but we also have to yeah. be dark. Like, yeah, it, come it's on. gross. It is. I don't, I don't, like, it doesn't... I, the banana splits are kind of an afterthought for this for me. The, 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 all the enjoyment I'm getting out of it is the the Suicide Squad being good. <laughs> I guess is the answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the banana splits are fine. I think they're they're you know they are what they are. Like it's... I don't think it detracts at all. No. And I think that it took injecting that kind of stupidity for people to realize what works. I. I, I'm serious. I, I could at least read five more issues of this. If this would be, I think this has legs. Yeah, but then you have the advertisement in the back that is immediately the grim and gritty Suicide yeah. Squad uh, 
Mm-hmm. You're not. I don't. I don't. I don't expect them to do anything different. Uh, also, no, they will never. They will. They will never change. They will never learn. There's also this. I snack- really dislike this last page too, where they're gangster rappers. It's I, really. Yeah, I don't like it's, that. It's really badly done. It is very really, bad. really, really badly done. It's all, yes, very bad. Not, uh, not. It's a really weak joke. Yeah, and, that's, and I think, this, this this backup story with Snagglepuss. I, the lo- I, I love the I love this. You, you like Snagglepuss's Tennessee Williams? I do. I do like Snagglepuss's. I, I like the content of it. The art really does creep me out, though. It does. You don't like it? It, it, it? Animals with like people faces. That's that's like that's that's some straight nightmare territory there. That's why I kind of like shit it. Is weird. That's why I kind of like it. I like the art a lot, and that's I don't know. I feel like it is. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's pretty horrifying. Um, that's that's all I got. I I'm uh, and it, I don't think that the content of the story is bad. I like how he he tells the the it's not even a judge, it's like a senator or something. He's testifying before Congress. Mm-hmm. House of Un-American talk, Activities. Talk, yeah, 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 yeah. But he he uh, he he tells him Jesus of Nazareth. I I I did like that. But it's it's it looks interesting. Every one of these is like you get a big chunk of another story. Mm-hmm. Big backup. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a buy on this one. I like I like this. I mainly because the Suicide Squad is good. Like that is. I'm like, hey, like maybe make books with all these characters that isn't awful. It it makes me uh, like I can read it and I don't hate um, Harley Quinn, and that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I don't know that the 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 Amanda Connor Jimmy Palmiotti Harley Quinn book has had. No, I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I was not ever in a hurry to read it. No, it, it, I think we recognize the quality, just, you know, the personal yeah. aesthetic yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a good book for people who buy too much of their, uh, wardrobe at Hot Topic. <laughs> uh, that's a double buy on Suicide Squad slash Banana Splits special number one. Mm. Our next book is Booster Gold slash Flintstones special number one. Written by Mark Russell, pencils Rick Leonardi, ink Scott Hanna, color Steve Buccioletto, Sharp Dave Sharp on letters. We've already checked in on the the strangely woke. They should even call it strangely woke Flintstones. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. This, this is a super weird book. This is a Booster Gold At, uh, time yeah. travel shenanigans. It runs mm-hmm. into the Flintstones. Yeah, there, there you go. I mean. Calls he calls Fred beefcakes. Mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to dislike this book. I don't think it's great though. I don't. I I, I think it's skippable. I I think it's it's mm-hmm. not that it's bad. I think it it is doing it. It doesn't like yeah. the the Suicide Squad banana. Like there's some of these that I think are doing fun things, and other ones are just mm-hmm. like they're doing exactly what you expect. And I don't have like if it was more of that woke Flintstones. Yeah, voice in here, I would probably be up more higher on it, but it's mostly just oh, we have to like make fun of time travel paradoxes and all that stuff, and I'm like, eh, that's I'm kind of past that. It's it's I, I don't know, I don't want to say tired, but kind of tired. I think the 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 thing that has the most interesting thing to say is the I, I think it actually was co-written by Connor Palmiotti, the Jetsons, yeah, the Jetsons backup story. About euthanizing their grandmother, and, what the fuck? And, and they put her, they put her brain into Rosie. 
Well, it's, it's, it's like, what in the hell, like, is she, DZ? Why, this is the weirdest shit, and I... Canon, it's now I, canon. Now we go back it, and watch all those Jetsons cartoons. Yeah, it, um... Rosie is their grandmother. I, I, I love it. You know, that this is, this is better than the stupid Booster Gold story. Like, every aspect of it is better. The, the art makes me a little uncomfortable, but it's still good tells the story well um i think i would i think i I could easily go do not buy but i think that this backup story is i it's the kind of thing that i feel like people just should read it you like you you tell someone this exists and they're like are you what no that's not possible that there's a comic book story about judy jetson's grandma euthanizing herself and becoming a robot don't call me mom call me rosie Call me Rosie. <laughs> I, that's a, a like a game changer. You go back and watch all those old Jetsons cartoons, mm-hmm. and now suddenly you're like, "Oh man, that's that's their that's the grandma." Mm-hmm. I think they're it, robot grandma. I met. I think all these backups are going to be titles. I want to say that yeah. the, these yeah. are the introductions, basically, to full on yes. more titles. So I don't know. I'm I I'm a do not buy on the booster gold. I am a buy <laughs> on the Flint on on the the, the Jetsons backup story. So yeah. it's uh, a, it's a you can you can you can mush it up. I yeah, think. I would say like I'm a buy, but like a full five on the mush meter. Like yeah. the backup story is maybe eight pages, and the 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 Flintstones booster gold thing is much longer, but also kind of forgettable. But I don't know. I'm when the Jetsons book comes out, I so I'll be reading that. Uh, I, I'm much more. I you know if the, if they have. <laughs> Palmy, Connor and Palmiotti writing a Jetsons comic book. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on board for that. I want I, I, I really like, um, I like Connor Palmiotti. They're, they are the kind of my, my, my comics couple dream team. I, uh, I kind of wish we did more, we did more stuff by them. Uh, everything like I thought Starfire was super cute and somehow walked that impossible line of, you know, the, the dumb, uh, horny fanboy fans and also like still kind of appropriate for, um, you know, for like a younger like girl who might be a fan of like the older, um, yeah, Teen Titans the- show. Probably not Teen Titans Go. No, probably not. Yeah. But I was very impressed by that. I even kind of liked the Harley Quinn, but I'm just like, ugh, Harley Quinn, bleh. <laughs> but you know. Uh, so where are you, where are you, what, what number are you? Five as well? Oh, you went five, really? Well, I, like, I'm a complete do not buy on the main story. I don't think it's Mm. necessary, but unless you're a big fan of- No, it's, it's not great. I, I will, I will just support you. We don't need to, we don't need to have some kind of weird average, like 4.5, do we? (laughs) I mean, we could. We'll just just go, we'll just go five. I think it, I think it says the right thing. Uh, so that's a double, uh, double buy, but a full five out of five on the bush meter for Booster Gold slash Flintstone special number one. Next up is Adam Strange slash Future Quest number one, written by Mark Andreco and Jeff Parker, art Steve Lieber, colors Veronica Gandini, letters by ALW Studios, Dave Lanfear. I'm confusing Jeff Parker with Jeff Smith. What has Jeff Parker done? He's a, he writes, uh, he writes Future Quest and he writes a lot of, uh. He writes him and Doc Shaner work together a lot. That's probably where my uh They they work together my, on my memory of his name. They work together from. on the um Jeff Parker also wrote a lot of Batman sixty six. 
mm-hmm. the comic. Uh, he, but they they were worked together on the last book before they were doing before they were did uh before they worked on Future Quest. Uh, it was the I can't think of that film that they made into a comic book from the eighties. Space opera. Um, Flash Gordon. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. I'm like Queen soundtrack. I got this. Flash Gordon. They were working on Flash Gordon together. Um, okay, sounds good. Why is Mike Pence in this comic book? It's <laughs> a good joke. It is a good joke. It's a good joke. Mother, <laughs> just re- rewrite this comic with Mike Pence instead with of Ra- <laughs> instead of Race Bannon. Change uh, all this dialogue. <laughs> I think I see a woman. Where's my wife? <laughs> I I don't know. I think I, the 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 uh, I like Steve Lieber. I like Steve Lieber. He he worked on Superior Foes of Spider Man. Is doing the fix currently. Um, I don't know if I I don't. This comic looks fine. I don't have. I don't think the. Pro, I think the problem is I don't. I don't know Adam Strange at all. Like I am completely mm-hmm. blind on Adam Strange. He's a well, DC character he, that so, is like well, all he does is forget who the hell he is. You know. Yes. It, it, we could, I mean, I could have guessed his name was Adam Strange and that he had a backpack or a, 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 a jetpack. Like, that's what we learn about him. He's like, yes, that's my name. He, I can fly. And he like, knows, take, he knows Hawkman. Take a look at the fucking, like, fin on your head and the jetpack <laughs> on your back and think, oh, Spaceman's going to fucking fly. I'm pretty sure that, like, I was <laughs> counting on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird choice. To put with the Future Quest, like Future Quest is already a mashup of multiple Hanna Barbera properties, mm-hmm. and then I, I guess like thematically it connects because he's also like that retro futurism thing that Hanna Barbera did a lot with Johnny Quest and with like Bird, like all all those properties, all of them kind of mm-hmm. dealt in even Space Ghost, but he went into another comic, but. uh I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a, much like the Flintstones Booster Gold thing. It's competent, but yeah, I would just I, read I, Future Quest, honestly. It has no point of view. It's not trying to do anything interesting. It's not really worth your time. I think if you had this same kind of averageness with, uh, with Doc Shaner drawing it, then you might have something. Yeah, it's a weird fit for Steve Lieber, who generally is more of a, I don't know, he draws comedy very, like he drew, like he puts a lot of personality and stuff into, mm-hmm. but it's, this is more of like an action comic, mm-hmm. like it, and I, yeah. I think, yeah, it's a weird match aesthetically. Like I'm generally a big fan of Steve Lieber. He should, he should, uh, he draws a good Mike Pence. He should do, uh, <laughs> political he comics. Should a, he should, yeah, he should do a guest strip for, um, Oh, was it Mike Norton? Who is it that does Little Donnie? I think it is Mike Norton. You know what I'm talking about? No. Little Donnie with Mike Norton? Mm-mm. Out of my wheelhouse. Also, the backup Little Donnie. The backup Top Cat story with Batman. No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Not good. No, why would that be good? Continues the streak of all Dan Didio written stuff. No, thank you. Have yet to read something. Well, I mean, Have yet to read. Th- I, that's that's exactly who I want telling me what I want out of comics. <laughs> this person who is writing this weird t- t- Top Cat Batman. Does he always have to write a Batman story? Like, is that like the only time he'll come out of it? Is like, yeah, I'll contribute to your your, your weird Hanna Barbera backup strip, but Batman mm-hmm. has to be in it. Like the last yeah. thing I remember is that he wrote uh, a story in that 
Batman collection where Batman like let a child molester get murdered, I believe. I'm fairly certain that's or or something. I think that's what it was. There was some Batman was dealing with some pedophile and then he let I don't remember exactly what happened, but Batman just was like, yeah, let them, they'll kill you, who cares, bye. <laughs> Alright, thank you, Batman. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a do not buy on this thing. I think it, I don't need to, I, I would just go read Future Quest. Instead of, instead of, uh, Dan Didio Batman books. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't need that in my life at all. The backup stories, this is the, 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 like, the backup story among all of them, and I go, no thank you. I don't, I don't have any. You didn't think it was clever that Top Cat was friends with Catwoman? Oh. Because they both have cat in their name? (laughs) No, I actually didn't think that. You didn't think that was really smart of Dan DiGidio to notice that? No, I, I, I'm, I'm past that point in my comic book reading hobby where I go, oh, they have similar names, let's put them together. Oh, so good. So that's a double do not buy on Adam Strange slash Future Quest special number one. Lastly is Green Lantern slash Space Ghost special number one. I really am glad we read all of these. I this I, I I was like, well, all right, let's just do it. Let's commit. Let's uh, commit. Let's commit. Written by James Tinian the Fourth and Christopher Sabella, Ariel Olivetti on arts and colors. A larger world studios on letters. Uh, I would say that this is uh, the the best looking digital painting that 2006 has to offer. It is that's it is Ari- that's Ariel Olivetti's thing. That's what he does. Yeah, he was. I mean, I I I I don't hate it. It does look pretty pretty nice, honestly. But I also have already forgotten that this book exists. I I think that. His, like, we have recently read Venom Space Night, which was also Ariel Olivetti, and we thought it was really mm-hmm. good. But that's the, yeah. that's, I think that's the variability in his art, in that, and in that style of art, in that it can easily shift to like, this looks kind of dated. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and it still looks good for what it is, but yeah. when you start like that panel with all those robots suddenly appearing, and they're just like I don't like it makes it, it it the weird Batman hologram thing with them it is it's a weird thing it's it mm-hmm. I like I don't have the words to describe it other than strange um, Adam Strange Adam, yeah I know uh, then other but the relation the, the, uh, there's no, like the relationship between Green Lantern and Space Ghost and this is kind of whatever yeah this book is a lot of whatever yeah it's like hey very kind of this feels like a Star Trek episode without mm-hmm. any of the charm of like the the writing of like the relationships of those Star Trek like normally the the Star Trek people would find this planet that has these people that don't want space to exist and then they'd have they'd figure it out peacefully and they'd have a lot of quirky dialogue in it. This is mm-hmm. Space Ghost and Green Lantern aren't known for their like banter. Uh and that's I think the main problem with this like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember anything. Like, that's all I remember is that, hey, they're on this, they fight for a while for no reason. Um, Yeah. And then there's this planet that doesn't want people to leave. Like, there's no, like, they could have delved into, like, the weird socio-political stuff in this, but then said they just have, like, Green Lantern and uh, uh, Space Ghost, like, hit each other with tree trunks for a while. Mm -hmm. Not the Adventure Time character. Would have been weird if they were punching each other with little elephants. <laughs> they would. Uh, there, there is a backup story by Howard Chaikin. 
That really weirded me out. It's what a was very... it? What was it that Howard Chaikin wrote? It was something that had this sort of similar, like he satellite Sam. Satellite Sam with fraction. Yeah, fraction. Yeah, and he work. wrote it with fraction. Well, okay. I don't know. I, I who knows fractions. I remember. Well, it's the thing. I remembered it as a fraction book, but I was associating him in this aesthetic with that. I mean, that is it is Howard Chaikin's aesthetic. It is this. Yeah, is this. Uh, it's just very strange mm-hmm. to be in a DC book and have like dirty jokes in here that are edited out and like n- notes from the editor, notes from Howard Chaikin's like, yeah, talk to me at a con. I'll tell you the real punchline of this well, dirty joke. I, I, I hate to, to, to spoil it. You don't have to talk to Howard Chaikin at a con. I know you just it's go to Google in your ass. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the punchline of that. I figured it out, guys. <laughs> I figured out a dirty joke. Wow. You're, you're so smart, Eric. I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. I mean, it's not like for what I think Howard Jacob, it's Howard Jacob doing Howard Jacob things with cartoon characters. And I, mm-hmm. no, thank you. I don't want like, we, I don't want Hanna-Barbera to be like, Hey, it's sexy and weird. I'm like, no, I don't. No, thank you. That's mm, like, I did. I, I did kind of enjoy the two of them beating the crap out of those guys. I thought that was, I mean, I don't want to read like a whole series of it, but it did make me smile. It's not worth buy- buying this book, though. Yeah, I I do not buy. One hundred percent. Yeah, double do not buy Green Lantern Space Ghost Special Number One. Uh, so we were we were split on them. Even one was though one was very very mushy on the on the Hanna Barbera specials. Although I don't know, they probably will sell very well because they're just. One one shots basically, so you can, you know, you you don't have to rely on people going. Oh, I don't like this. I'm not going to buy the second one. There's not going to be a second one. You're fine. They just, uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. For now, for weekly floppies. There's always more. It's always more comics, there's, baby. There's always more comics. Uh, oh, we yeah. can we can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is part show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, seen, played, viewed, read. Or just newsworthy stuff we want to talk about. Um, you have anything you want to touch on, Eric? Before we get to uh, um, the Marvel Marvel du jour, the retailer. We have all kinds of Marvel things we could talk about, but you know, I, I did want to talk about uh, Lucha Libre, and I wanted to talk about uh, uh, Rick and Morty. Okay, at the very least, at the very least. Okay. Uh, well, you know? we, we talked about uh, we. For uh, my one of my other podcasts, Zero Fanatics, Eric mm-hmm. and I uh, sat down and talked about Lucha Underground. We did we the the first five episodes is out uh, on wherever good podcasts can be found. Uh, I know Eric has continued to continue to watch. Where how far are you up now? Where are you at? I'm almost at episode fifteen or something. Oh, I've okay. watched a lot. I, I I'm kind of hooked, and that that and it's easy that I kind of I come home. Very tired from work, burnt out from trying to make art. Um, just need to turn my brain off for a while. It's a thing that keeps me off of social media and keeps me from being anxious. That and I like, um, I don't know, I like, I like watching the athleticism. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's neat. It's fun. I enjoy it quite a lot. I, th- I think, uh, I think Mil Muertes has, uh, cemented himself as my favorite. I think it's the, the kid in me that really liked the Undertaker, that Mil Muertes <laughs> is kind of like Luchador Undertaker to me. He is. There's uh, there's similarities there. I wish he would lean into it more. You know, I I kind of want to see. I want to see. Like I really like Katrina, 
but I kind of want to see. I just want Mexican Paul Bear. Oh, I fucking love Paul Bear so much. Rest, rest in peace, Paul Bear. Uh, oh yeah, breaking uh, my heart, dude. I, you're telling me I'm the mm-hmm. like wrestlers don't us. You know they don't when you every Hall of Fame ceremony like. Uh, we're not, I don't want to talk. We're not talking about wrestler deaths. We don't need to destroy the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> energy right now. No, Lucha Underground is very good. I'm. I, I there's a reason I wanted. I wanted you in particular to to, to watch it with me because I like I I like I feel like it is fresh and palatable to people who don't watch wrestling a lot and mm. doesn't have a lot of the ingrained problems you expect when you watch. American pro wrestling. When you watch the WWE, yeah. like you, when I think anyone who is going like, "Hey, let's watch WrestleMania. Let's watch something," and you go, "Okay," and you you're kind of expecting a certain thing, and you mostly will get it. Uh, Lucha surprises you and like doesn't just give you exactly what you're expecting. It is you know fresh and interesting. Um, we'll we'll be doing another one soon. I think in a couple, probably week or two. It's going to be hard for me to just talk about um, the, the episodes, the, the next through through episode ten, because um, I don't know. I just keep I just keep cranking through them. It's very very easy. Yeah, that's why I kind of just I, like I enjoy just, them a lot. I just watch them when I'm ready. I don't want to because yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. It won't be a problem. Uh, hey guys, don't watch Iron Fist. Watch Lucha Underground. <laughs> really, instead. honestly, yes. Don't watch Iron Fist. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, I mean it it. It does feature uh, little people, and um, I don't even know what you'd call him, a, uh, a drag queen or something. They call him is Exotico, and it's still less offensive than, uh, than Iron Fist, so I, I like it. <laughs> they don't really, I mean, they're, they're a punchline, but they're kind of not a punchline, you know? No, I, I mean... I think, I think, like, Pimpinella is still... Like he's still like people cheer for him, people love him. I don't know, whatever. We'll we'll certainly talk about that for probably this Thursday or something, right? Um, no, this Thursday we're I'm doing WrestleMania, and then Uh-oh. for the next, I we'll probably I'll probably have uh, WrestleMania, then probably uh, something else, and then we'll do either Lucha or Prisoner in some order. Who's uh who are you doing that with? Steinberg again, or you should yes. you should get uh, you should get Gareth. He's busy. I tried. He is, Twitter. he's at, uh, he's, he's at all those events, so he can't oh, yeah. record. <laughs> I, I've, believe me, I've tried to get him on multiple times. He's always, he's always at the things that, uh, I'm trying to get him to talk about. Uh, Rick and Morty, surprise. Rick and Morty. I will have to say that is like the best, the, the best April Fool's prank I could possibly imagine. Where it's just like, hey, like yeah, actually, new episode. <laughs> yeah, to actually release an episode is so good. I've watched it twice. I think like it's probably streaming right now. I thought it stopped and at midnight. I, I have no idea. I I uh, I, I feel mean, like I checked and it was still there, but I don't remember. I might be wrong. I, just, I saw multiple it's posts. Probably, I'm sure it's not. I don't know. You can probably find released, it online it's somewhere now, if sure. it's not yeah, streaming yeah. on Adult Swim. Mm. But uh, yeah, Rick and Morty. Season three. Good show. I like it a lot. I'm happy that it's uh, got a new episode. And it's a good one. April Fools. April Fools. Want to dive into the disaster the, the that we have to go through? The disaster uh, with Marvel's meeting with retailers. Hmm. We uh, we might as well. Do you have? 
I have I have the two you have things articles that articles with this. You have stuff that's copied and pasted. I I I have choice quotes in our notes. I have the articles as well. Um, here I I will put it in the Skype chat for you. This is the primary one. It has links to a lot of other stuff in it too. This is this is kind of a summary of things. Um, with links to kind of more in depth dives if you want to read a lot of kind of uh this is like the headlines. The, there's a lot of other stuff deep dives into you know things that retailers care about and stuff like that but there's two things that i that's that were a hot topic on twitter mm-hmm. especially but in general like are shockingly like dumb to like yes. say in a public forum it there's is, been like, so much dumb shit said lately it's insane like it, like it just it seems not even that like i less that they think this way even though it is pro- a problem that they think this way but more that they would just say this stuff out loud and not expect people to like think about it or question it or go like why w- you're that's dumb why would you say that out loud that's stupid mm-hmm. um the first is a quote from axel alonso about artists I'm going yep. to read this explicitly. There are fewer artists that impact sales than there are writers, Alonzo said. They're harder to promote. It's harder to pop artists these days, he said. There's no apparatus out there. There's no Wizard Magazine out there that told you who the top, hot top ten were. We don't have that anymore. We can hyper all artists all we want, but I don't know if we know how many artists, besides maybe Magnivin and Coipel, absolutely move the needle on anything to be drawn. There's this is the st- there's no apparatus. This is he's this there's is no this apparatus. is the worst. There's so much that is wrong with this this statement. It is that is the like I didn't read that particular like I I I re- I think I remember reading the first part yeah. for the fact that there's no apparatus. Like there's no print magazines. L- literally, that talk about artists. <laughs> How are people gonna gonna look at art? That's, there was like there... It, no one looks at art anymore. Al- Axel Alonso, editor in chief of Marvel Comics. Just I want to make sure that title is out there. Editor in chief. One, I believe, bleeding cool. Literally the day before this came out, posted top ten hottest artists in comics. Literally. Bleeding Cool, one of the leading online, good or bad, I they have a, a lot of, I think, gross stuff on their site as well as good stuff, but they are very popular as, like, they are a wizard. That is wizard. Hey, you want to talk about what wizard is now? It's Bleeding Cool. That's what that is. Like, the, you want an apparatus. Hey, Axel Alonso, do you want a wizard magazine out there? You publish things. Yeah. That's your, go make one. Fucking publisher. Go make a wizard magazine that hypes up your artists. And, like, that's the first thing. The second thing, you we just read Inhumans and X-Men Prime, all, both of which had more than one artist on them. One of which had five artists on it. Yes. I don't know. My Twitter feed was full of people going, I literally, I will buy any comic that Francisco Francavilla draws or mm-hmm. Declan Shalvey or even Jordi Belair colors. Like, any, yeah. like, I will buy any comic that these people work on. Doesn't matter who the writer is. If they are drawing this book, I will read it. And the fact that Marvel doesn't understand, like, th- this is, like, the fact that they swap out artists from arc to arc in, in many of their books, or even the announcement that one of the X-Men books is, ish- per issue per issue is going to be a different artist. And, like, and there's a further quote that I tweeted about, about people like books coming out fast. That seems to be the primary motivator for selling. I'm like, no, no, that means you get a lot of sales in a short amount of time, and that's what you look at. It it doesn't 
it is it, it feels incredibly tone deaf. They don't understand why people are reading these comic books. It doesn't understand why people like it also it feels incredibly short sighted, all of these talks, because they have one of the most valuable back catalogs in the in any like any media. There's no you can go to any television program and you talk like why do you think The Simpsons is still going? It's not because the good episodes are so great, the new episodes are so great. It's because they have hundreds of hours of content that they can sell in syndication. Marvel and DC, you have thousands of books that have been published in the last fifty years. Maybe keep more of them in print, and guess what? They read better. When there isn't 15 artists working on them, when there's one artist, one writer, it is, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, like, I, it is, it, it's insane. Like, they think this way. Well, a lot of, a lot of business people are impatient and they take the bricks out of good foundations to, to quickly build things taller and then wonder why after they do it for 10 years that all of a sudden, Everything is shrinking or a couple of bad decisions or a couple. I I don't know. It's easy to it's easy to blame everyone else but yourself. And I feel like that's kind of what this is. It. Yeah. The Marvel has they had a bad end of the year. The last four months of the year were bad. Uh, Yeah. That's a lot of them trying to like backpedal and say, no, this is mm -hmm. why this has happened. And this is why this has happened, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. No, clearly it's because. Like, I'm sure that Civil War II sold poorly because the artist was weak or something like that. You can't promote this artist. No one cares about this this fucking awesome. No, that was the least bad thing about Civil War II. The fucking art was beautiful. Yeah, David Marquez Um, did a tremendous job on the art. It's the only redeemable thing mm -hmm. in that book. Yes, only redeemable thing in that book. It, It, it's, there has been a move lately it yeah that people uh, artists talk about it. like Declan Shalvey I follow I love Declan Shalvey as an artist and he is very much he's very vocal about the value of artists in comics and how it and then like we've seen this shift from the 90s art was artists were the most important thing mm. it was it was uh McFarlane Jim Lee uh, yes it you know the 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 what were they called the young guns the 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 people who split off and made image and all the you know that was a they were what sold books and then suddenly now it is writers, writers, writers. And oh yeah, there's this artist attached. It is especially in Marvel and DC. And I think that anyone who is actually a creator would kind of just want to slap you for saying either thing because it's it's not. You're not writing prose and you're not just drawing illustrations. It is both things. Yeah. It is always both things. It, yeah, that's even if one thing is weaker than the other, it is still motherfucking both things. <laughs> it it and it is the combination of those things and those things working well together that creates a cohesive thing that is either a good product or a shitty product. And when you have people making big dumb artificial events, you are injecting bad writing. And making a product weaker. And I, I, I mean, I don't. We, 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 we're gonna every week. We're gonna say the same dumb thing. It's the definition of insanity. It. And I, I think there's a there's a reason that guys like Brandon Graham have long ago washed their hands of of uh, of the big two. Yes. And guys like us 
continue to buy and read these books, and apparently it's because we're fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, it is. Uh, we're going to talk about that. I think I'm. I'm. We'll, we can segue to that in the next mm. in the next part we'll of segue their stu- to us being fucking stupid. Well, yeah. I mean, also, but I. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a coincidence that they think rapid, like uh, biweekly shipping, double shipping books, and pushing riders. I don't. That is directly related to each other. Riders obviously have a lot less workload than an artist does. It takes a yep. lot, lot longer to draw a book than it takes to write one, and they can easily. I. They say this. It feels like I. I. I hate to think that they're like trying to obscure truth from us, but it feels very purposeful that they are pushing writers harder and less and care less about artists because writers can, they can write five comic books for you. And you can say, this is a comic book written by this guy that you really like the writing. Who cares who's drawing it, et cetera, et cetera. And we can put out a bunch of them. If it is, if they're hyping up the artist, the artist can do one book a month at, and that's, that's generous. Yeah. That's generous. Like some artists work slower. And that's Well, I mean, you know, they don't have Jack Kirby to do 16 books a month anymore. Yes, exactly. They don't have I mean comic books is hard work for artists especially. It is well, I backbreaking. Think, I think that the 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 bar is a lot higher that I mean, as good as good Kirby is, he was bullshitting through lots and lots and lots of those panels. And I think that almost anyone will admit that, even the most diehard of Kirby fans. I mean, he was just working so fast and probably literally drawing, what, six bucks a month? That time. I mean, that's not, that's not that unusual, right? I, I, I think, I think that's probably his, that to- at the top he was doing that. I think, it, yeah. I think on average he was doing three, which is still insane. No, that's three ins- is, three is three times what people do. Yes. <laughs> And I mean, um, I, I, you're right. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. There's literally never been a better time to read comic books. The art, mm. the standard level of art quality in any comic book you'll, that you can find is incredible. Like, well, there's the, never the, been a, the, a better surplus yeah. of great artists. Well, and that, that surplus of artists is also kind of, it does make it challenging, I think, to promote people. Um, just just knowing this from myself it's very hard to get traction online that there will be artists that do baller work and they have a thousand followers you know like mm-hmm. it's 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 hard to get traction there's a lot of white noise out there and there are i mean there's a zillion artists there's never been more the the tools have never been more accessible it's the education has never been there. The community has never been there like it is now. And there are a lot more people wanting to make art mm-hmm. than there ever were before. Yeah. And it just, it just wasn't fee. It's still fucking not feasible because these people that are artists are, are mostly like baristas or night stockmen or whatever goddamn thing, you know? Yes. It's, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a fucking tragedy. The, and here, Axel Alonso, I'll give you a secret. You want to build up an artist? You want them to have cachet, put them with a writer and let them just do a yeah. comic book until it's ending, until it's done. Like and have, have the, there's a reason, uh, uh, Karen Gillan and, and Jamie McKelvey have a loyal fan base that will buy anything they do is because those get too, like they work, Young Avengers works because that entire thing is Gillen and McKelvey. And that's why that book as like a book that theoretically would be a niche book. Mm. 
This it, is what 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 you're describing is exactly what created. I mean, you know, indie movies and the alternative music labels, and you know, later the the indie music labels. You know, the, the, the exact same thing, obviously, but just different terminology for it over the years. That big labels got stagnant and stopped. That everything was an investment. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's a function of investment. And it, it, like we have this formula that we're going to go in here and we're going to, you know, this person, we're going to promote this. And it's 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 a it's a mill, you know, mm-hmm. and you get things that feel feel milled out. You get things that are boring, things that are not exciting when you're going to get people like Gil and McKelvey who are going to go out there and build their own audience and build their own shit. And eventually it's going to take a foothold, but it is almost impossible to do your own thing and get people to pay attention to it. It's very, very hard. And they, as I mean, there's things that they've done that I don't really like that much. And yeah, well, no, I mean, the whole thing that I'm driving at is there's a reason that everyone's like, oh yeah, all the hot shits over at image because image is like, okay, well, we'll finance and put, we are a publishing company. We're not an IP farm. We will help you edit your books if you, you know, for for this. And it, it, it's a different model, and it seems to be more modern and more functional. And it will be interesting if it starts to gain more traction. Yeah, uh, it really is. It really is fascinating because it seems like Marvel had this stuff figured out three years ago. And DC was flailing, trying to get it figured out. And... I don't. Well, I wanted. There's a, the the other really dumb thing that made headlines. Can't wait. Is from David Gabriel, who is their senior vice president of sales and marketing. This is here. It is. Yeah, I'll read his. This is the initial quote, and then he he issued a correction, not correction, really, an addendum that tried to soften what he was saying earlier. But this is what uh, his direct quote. Uh, we saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new, our female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. That was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out and nothing new really worked. It was the old things coming back in that time period, three books in particular, Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, that Spider-Man and Mary Jane married, that worked. The Venom book worked and the Thanos book worked. You can take what you want out of who might be enjoying those three books, but it's definitely a specific type of comic reader, comic book collector that really liked those three series. Uh, and here, let me read his addendum, to be fair. Uh, discussed candidly by some of the retailers at the summit, we heard that some were not happy with the false abandonment of the core Marvel heroes, and contrary to what some said about characters not working. The sticking factor in popularity for majority of these new titles and characters, like Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, The Mighty Thor, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, and Moon Girl, can you prove that our fans and retailers are excited about these new heroes? Let me be clear, our new heroes are not going anywhere. We are proud and excited to keep introducing unique characters that reflect new voices and new experiences into the Marvel Universe and pair them with our iconic heroes. We have also been hearing from stores that welcome and champion our new characters and ladles and want more. They're invigorated their own customer base and help them grow their stores because of it. So we're getting both sides of the story, and the only upcoming change we're making is to ensure we don't lose focus of our core heroes. End quote. Mm, the- fragile, fragile man-boy comic book fans, we're not going to abandon you yet. Yeah. We're, it- we're going to wait till you die or run out of money. This – what – this says is that the people, like you said, businessmen mm. have no idea why some of their books sell and some, why some don't. They, I think they have yep. no idea. They don't know why, like, Hey, people really liked Miss Marvel. 
uh, I think it's because there's a girl in it. Let's just make a bunch of comics with girls in it. That that's what you do, right? That's how that works, right? Not no. Miss Marvel had, a, I mean, and G. Willow Wilson has issued a statement. I was going to say, have you read G. Willow Wilson's uh, I have. really wonderful? Yes. It's really good. Very smart. This? Very intelligent. Are we going to read it? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I can. It's I can on. Find you it. just go to G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. I think, I think her, her .com is her, uh, yep, it's her Tumblr. So you just, it's the first, it's the first thing. Okay, here's, I don't, do you want me to read it? This it's, it is a long thing, but, um. Just, um, something, well, read, you could read number two about why Miss Marvel works. Yeah, that's, I think, that it's that exactly it, what you were saying, yeah. I think. That's what made me think of it. Yes, here, uh, G. Willow Wilson. There's a lot of very smart takes by a lot of comic book creators. Uh, number two, uh, she wrote a long, she herself calls it a long comic book rant, but I, it is a very smart thing. Uh, everything mm-hmm. she says is very intelligent. Uh, She's number, great. number two, I will tell you exactly why Miss Marvel works. It didn't set out to be Miss Marvel. We were originally going to pitch it as a 10 issue limited series. I had a three issue extra strategy because I assumed we were going to get canned. <laughs> there was no diversity initiative anywhere. Getting that thing made at all was a struggle. It was a given that any character without at least a 20 year history would tank everybody, myself included, assumed the series was going to work out the same way. And here, number three, as an, as an addition to that, that freed us by us, I mean the whole creative team, tell exactly the story we wanted to tell. Nothing to lose, nothing to overcome, but low expectations gave us room to break a lot of rules. They, and yes, all of these diverse titles are, they are successful not because they are diverse. They are successful because they tell good stories with creators who are like have original voices that just happen to overlap with so-called diversity initiatives. Like the Black Panther having Ta-Nehisi Coates write a Black Panther's comic, a Black Panther comic is, it's not because that is a black guy is why that comic book mm-hmm. is good. It's because, hey, this is a, a Ta-Nehisi Coates and uh, uh, Stelfreeze are telling a good story with a character that has not gotten a lot of shine over the years, despite the fact that he is a interesting character in concept. And they are finally shining a light on that. Like all of these books, Squirrel Girl, any, any, like any of the ones that were mentioned in his so-called, his like, Hey, I'm sorry. I said all that stupid stuff. Let me try and cover my own ass. Mm. Uh, that it's not because they're diverse It's because those comic books are good a or B sold <laughs> It's because they have, they were good creators and good, like doing good work. It has nothing to do like yeah. calling it. Oh, it's people didn't like diversity. No, like you, which doesn't, Civil War II destroyed Marvel Comics for months. It was, we talked about how bad it was multiple times. Mm. And uh, we were not the only ones. We were I'm not, sure. no, we weren't. There's a lot of people who share our opinions there that when you hijack your own line for an event and then the event is bad, you cannot blame your diversity. Mm-hmm. You have to. You're betting the farm on something that's dumb and then looking for, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a thing that people do rather than, you know, t- t- assuming the blame themselves rather than taking ownership. Yeah. It, it is, it's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not defending all the so-called divert. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not positive on all of the female recently female led Marvel comics. I think some of them aren't yeah. as good as others, but. I don't blame that movement for bad sales. I blame bad comics for bad sales. And Civil War II is a bad comic. And then when you take maybe not launching all those same comics in the same time that you're trying to hijack them to 
keep them in on your dumb big event. Like, I stopped reading comic. Like, there's a reason, like, the few Marvel comics I subscribe to, all of them sidestepped Civil War II. None of them, like, the Vision was running during Civil War II. Vision completely mm-hmm. ignored Civil War II, and Vision was, is an amazing comic book. The Thor, all the Thor books, all Jason Aaron's Thor books, all sidestepped Civil War II, and they're all good. Like, I stopped reading Miss Marvel. I don't read Miss Marvel during crossovers. Like, why? I, I, that doesn't feel like, it feels like G. Willow Wilson wanting to tell that story. It feels like Marvel going, hey, Jill Will- Jill- G. Willow Wilson, try and shoehorn the Miss Marvel thing into Civil War II. And I go, ugh. I don't, can't just, I have the normal version of that comic book, the one I like, the one I want to buy. They don't, they still don't understand. And, and now, like, they're going ahead with Secret Empire, and that book is not going to sell very well. Like, maybe Secret Empire will sell okay because everyone has, like, the, the, I think they get mixed up in their sales because those events books sell, regardless of how good they are. It's because everyone wants to know what the hell is going to happen in their favorite world in the next six months. If you don't read those comics, you don't know. Like, you have to keep up or you're going to be lost when you come back. Uh, but all the side stories, I imagine, don't sell very well. And I think that is what happened primarily with Civil War Two. And they go, oh, no, it's diversity. It's it's women. It's women in our comic books. It's, it, it just it's, again complete why would you even announce why these people these people are making your comics they're making your content why would you say this out loud you're it's stupid oh it's possible it was more well-intentioned than it comes off but it doesn't it doesn't come off smart did you see uh mags of Sagio, her her take on this Mm-mm. it's very i I don't have it in front of me. There's a story. I tweet. I retweeted a Storyfy, which it was, it was a bunch of tweets that she. Also, she has I didn't. Long, re- I saw the Storyfy. I didn't read all of there's it. There's a long. Is... There's a long Facebook post on her Facebook as well, um, which mm. I think is also along with you, Will Wilson, the two smartest takes I saw on this. And that, yeah, I think even it's it's even more not even about like Marvel not trusting female characters to lead their books or whatever. It mm-hmm. is about the quote unquote word diversity, and that Marvel. Yeah. They, I mean, I, I will say they did make an earnest attempt. They have certainly introduced a lot of female-led comic books in the past year. Um, a lot of which are good. Some are less good, but they certainly have done it. They've, 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 they've made efforts to bring in outsiders like Tana Hissacoats to write comics for the first time or, uh, uh, Chelsea Kane, like those novelists who haven't written comic books before bring in new voices, but they're still writing superhero comics. And that all Marvel is selling you is superhero comics. And their only way they're selling them to you is single issue in a comic book store. You get a trade three months after or something. If you're lucky. If you're not lucky, it could take six months. They're Marvel yeah. and DC. I mean, even DC too. They're not. Ex- ex- they're, it's the, the model itself is so broken and flawed that you're going to limit the audiences you're coming that are going to come in simply because of that fact. The direct market and yep. the bookstore market are split in twain. They're not they're barely connected if at all. And a, a lot of the people you want to buy these diverse titles are never going to step foot in a comic book store. And I, there's mm-hmm. a lot of comic I specifically go to comic book stores that target out you know, outside the norm comic book audiences. The, the the best comic book stores do go out of their way to be welcoming, yeah. you know, yes. Valkyrie stores mm-hmm. and what have you. Yes. Um, 
the the I mean, your average comic book store woman's going to go in there and they're going to ask her a bunch of stupid ass questions and you know, they're going to ask her if she wants to see the My Little Pony comics or whatever in the shit. Um it, it, it's but I don't know. Uh, there are certainly good stores around and you know there are and i think like and the problem is that the onus is put on the comic book store to try and do all this work yes when and mags makes this point in that marvel has money they have they have the money they're like yeah they're owned by disney yeah they have one of the one of the biggest media companies on motherfucking planet earth yeah they have all the money or there are countries with less operating capital than motherfucking Disney. Yes. And you don't see that money put towards marketing. And you don't see that money put towards spreading to spread out to make, let's say, hey, let's start, ha- let's start hiring creators to write non-superhero comics. Explicitly non-superhero comics. They're still Marvel comics. They're just not connected to the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Explicitly do that. Explicitly make an effort. Images trade program where they have, they have, like the month after a book's arc run is ended, the trade is out every time without fail. You have five or six issues and then the trade comes out and then the, the creative team will start again the month after or two months after to give the artist some time. And Marvel, we've touched on this many times before the serialized issue to issue thing, like not saying that it can't work. You know, like I think there is a certain kind of comic book that it works fine for, Mm -hmm. but they are chasing, they are chasing, uh, something that they're, they're, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fleeting. It's going away. You have yeah. to change your, change your model. I'm sorry. You'll upset diamond, whatever. And if it upsets comic book stores, maybe comic book stores should also try and pivot towards this new model, which is also the comic book stores. I generally, uh, consume, I go to them because they are looking forward, not back. And, mm-hmm. This is like diversity more, means more than just trying to make superhero comics with a woman or a black guy or with interesting creators attached. It is about that was the line from the G Willow Wilson. It's we, we, getting rid of the word diversity, mm-hmm. the word reality. Yes, because the reason that people like books with all white people in them or they write books with all white people in them is because they do live in uh, an all white person bubble. And that does represent their reality. Yes. But it doesn't represent actual fucking reality. Yes. Many, many people's reality where you have that involve women mm-hmm. or people of color. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you have to be diverse in more ways than just – it is more than just including these characters in your very specific genre. It is having diverse kinds of genres, having diverse kinds of publishing models, having – like. Breaking away from the kind of way you've been selling comics for literally 80 years. There is there is a reason that Raina Telgemeier is 5% of the comic book market. And it's it's not because she's selling books only the, only this way. No, it's because her books are in Walmart and in bookstores. Mm-hmm. And you can go – or book fairs. Like, you go in – Oh, God, yeah. You go – to the, and her books are right there, and they're approachable and readable, and are the the problem. All of comics problems, all of these mainstream comics problems, would be solved with more eyeballs. 
And you would think that you would you could look at this model that any imbecile could look at this model and be like, oh well, you know, it's this artist's fault. No, no, it's, it's the your, fact it's that there's, yeah, you know, exactly. This is as a fucking executive, this is exactly what you should be looking at. You should be identifying these problems and be like, well, how do I improve this market? Like, not how do I blame the artists. Like, I I think maybe, like, these guys were growing up as executives or whatever in in the 90s where it was, like, this explosion of imbeciles coming into comics, buying all the number ones, making Rob Liefeld a millionaire, and it just seemed easy. And that just seemed like, I I don't know, it was a weird mix of, it was the perfect storm of shit that made it work, and they think that it needs to still be that. Or it will be that ever again. Um, it's it, it, I don't it, know. You you got to look at these things and you got to fucking fix them. It makes me like one. All these comments makes me not want to buy Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, it makes me think that people running Marvel Comics are idiots. Like they yeah. they that they, they, they don't understand the typical. Like I don't think they know what a typical comic book reader is. I don't think they know mm. what a good comic is. I don't think they understand why things certain things sell and why certain things don't, and how even between markets, how things why things certain things sell in Chicago versus why certain things sell in London versus some, why certain things sell in Nebraska. Like I don't think they understand any of that. I feel like yeah. they are this. These comments feel like these people are clueless, flying blind and are hope like just holding on to the current market hoping that it will carry them through i this is this this is almost exactly like marvel and dc of today like it 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 is almost exactly like the eisner led disney of the late 90s and early 2000s when pixar came out of nowhere and started whipping their ass and their just their their answer was well we'll just make more shitty stuff and here's here this is shitty this is shitty oh well people don't like 2D animation anymore let's close all of our whatever you know yeah and and eventually i mean maybe disney is going to end up buying image and that will transform marvel and who knows who who knows who's going to see the writing on the wall here that seems to I be. Mean, I, I was gonna say that seems to be the way that a lot of these big companies work. Is that mm-hmm. there's no in, innovation doesn't come from within. They acquire some other company no. that knows what the hell they're doing, and then yeah. suddenly they change the way they're doing because well, these other people are smart and know how to do this stuff. Yeah, they're they're scrappy and they've had to fight against the giants. When when you're sitting at the top of a huge company, the, I mean, good leaders need to take risks. And need to take guts, do gutsy things. All the best leaders in, in business, in art, companies, whatever, they, they have to do these things. They have to say, this thing that is our precious thing doesn't fucking work. And let's gut it and let's fix it. And it is a hard sell when you got a lot of people looking at you and just saying, well, this is what we are. We're just going to do the same thing harder. And if it doesn't work, you're an idiot, you know, Yeah. that it's a lot easier to divert the attention and say, well, it's these artists fault. It's blah. There's clearly no apparatus. <laughs> I love that he fucking uses the word apparatus as we fucking all sit. No, I mean, 
I, I bet everyone, I mean, you're probably listening to this on a motherfucking apparatus that promotes artists. <laughs> Look at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, there's no apparatus. Yeah, there's no wizard there's anymore. No what can I do? Apparatus. There's no wizard magazine anymore. What can I do? I'm helpless. <laughs> Who's gonna pu- who's gonna publish shit about artists? <laughs> How can I mean? I know we put out sixty literal publications a month that in that feature artists. How can we possibly focus on good artists? It's crazy. It's impossible. I feel uh, like I'm taking fucking crazy pills with these people. But what it has led me to be is like I when I was reading this thing, I was getting very uh, frustrated and upset. And I'm like, well, I spent a lot of money on comic books. Uh, they, I like, I don't think I'm gonna get. We're not gonna read Secret Empire. Like, I don't see like I'm. Nope. Sh- I'm like I I'll, I I I don't. I hate people who say I'm not gonna buy anything for Marvel or DC because what you that is telling them the wrong thing. What you want to do is buy the things that are good and you know are good. That yeah, one that are if you're not if 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 you're not buying a G Willow Wilson written um, Marvel book, fuck you. <laughs> well, and they're not gonna Marvel's never gonna un, like if you want I and it bothers me because I I love Marvel characters. I grew mm. up on it. I love I love Wolverine. I I I I love Thor. Yeah. I love the Hulk. Uh, the, I mean, there's a if you go and investigate all these uh creators who wrote about this like they wrote they said a lot of stuff that is very very smart about how everything marvel has done how the mistakes they've made but i want i like these characters i just want yeah not to like hate myself for like giving marvel money because the people on top are the stupidest stupidest motherfuckers alive like i don't like I am, the, the, I am not a comic, but I, I'm not a creator. I am just a fan. And I, I, like many, many other people like me can see this clearly. And I don't understand why executives can't. I just don't get it. Like it doesn't, it seems like they're living in a different world. And they most certainly are. Yeah. That's you true. know, yes. when you're, when you're a, 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 a relatively small company kind of transitioning to being a movie company. Working for a, a giant media company. I mean, this little print publishing thing, they kind of don't give a shit about it. They want it to be an IP farm and they want it to be like, let's just mill stories out that will eventually become movies. What we're going to make movies out of. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't, they, they don't fucking care well, they, about goddamn comics. Well, no, the people on top, they don't. Uh, there's, of course not. Axel Alonso does make, well, no, I don't want to be an IP farm, but like, dude, that's what you're becoming. Like, mm. you don't, well, I mean, if you don't like work hard, you are literally going to be the loss leader for Marvel. Like, this is what you're, you're going to be like, hey, we need more material for a movie. Let's have somebody write that in a comic yeah. book first. Like, I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to come to like, are you going to go to like the next executive up in Disney and say, well, there are problems with us at Marvel, and what we need to do is build a new pipeline to sell our product to get it into people's hands rather than use the thing that's here. We need to get more eyeballs, and it's going to cost $100 million, and it's going to make an extra $12 million a year. They're going to be like, you're a fucking moron. There's no way we're going to do it. There's zero way we're going to do that. You're fired. We're going to kill your children. I mean – this is an example of the way Disney thinks is that there was a, there's a video game, uh, called Disney Infinity. 
Mm-hmm. Toys to Life, where you you know you you've mm-hmm. probably seen the toys where you buy the Marvel toy, a Disney toy, yeah. and you put it on it's the little like, platform. It's just like an, it's just like Amiibo. It's and just Skylanders. Like, uh, Skylanders. Yes. Yeah, same thing. And they all knocked it off. Yes, and and Disney did. I mean, they had all their Marvel characters. They had Star Wars characters, and it, mm-hmm. the the third version of that game came out, uh, and was successful. It wasn't a world beater. It didn't sell crazy good numbers, but it wasn't, I don't think, all from what I can tell, it wasn't in the red. It wasn't losing money. And, it, and by all accounts, this actually was becoming a good video game, not just a gimmick. Um, they canned it because it didn't make enough money. That's crazy. And like, that is the, that like, and because they, they were too ambitious about how many toys they made and they couldn't sell through a million Hulk toys. They only sold, you know, a quarter of them or whatever. Like, they didn't make it. They had a warehouse full of toys, and they're like, oh, well, we were too audacious, and, well, well, too bad. Goodbye, all these people who work for us. You're all fired. This thing's over now. And, like, that's how – it's not even profit margin. It's like, well, it's, like, not enough profit margin. You didn't show any growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, that's the way that they look at things, and that is a a tough decision that they do have to make. It either either works or it doesn't, and – I, I I did think that Infinity looked nice and looked fun, and I, you know, my little cousin's kids were playing it, but I mean, it doesn't, you can only assume they had the numbers, and if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. I, if it takes up a lot of key people's time and doesn't make the kind of revenue, and they can make more revenue doing something yes, else, then they exactly. should do the something else. That's you what, only have so much time and talent. Well, I mean, the, that's it's all about where they put their money, and they're like, well, we can take yeah. this $5 million, we put it somewhere else, and we'll make exponentially more money with it so that's what we're gonna mm-hmm. do no exactly uh, but when you apply that to comic books you go i well you're not gonna have any comic books then in 10 years your your market's gonna be gone like that is uh, i i mean i find that is uh patently untrue i mean it is well i, I mean, mean there, there's there's gonna be image there just might not that's be what I mean. spider-man comics in 10 years that's what i mean i don't mean that comic books won't exist because there obviously will yeah. still be people making comic books but yeah, Marvel as a successful like yeah they had like you said they had forty percent market share at one point like it's that's insane yeah. and then it drops yeah. now they're at twenty five. I can't wait until Reina has forty percent market share. It took six months for them to go from forty to twenty five. Oh, oh that's brutal. And oh that's terrible. Like those artists really fucked up. Yeah, it's those damn artists. It's all their fault. Those fucking artists. If only there was some apparatus to promote them. <laughs> Oh man. Some fucking apparatus. Axel Alonso, you're the editor in chief. You shouldn't say those things out loud. You're, you're yeah. not, that's not good. Like, you should have kept that one in the old brain box. Maybe take some of that money that Marvel has and put it towards that apparatus you want. Mm-hmm. Maybe do that. Maybe put ads in places that people don't have to go to comic book stores to see an ad. They go to like, hey, I'm walking in the mall and there's a billboard for Mighty Thor number one. Or you know any like just hey sell your comics marketing partner partner with Amazon who owns Comicsology yeah you guys stand to make a lot of money get that shit in people's pockets distributions yeah. right the fuck there yeah digital comics like hey everyone has like, a phone everyone has a smartphone every fucking body has this apparatus <laughs> you're fucking retarded <laughs> oh my god how hard is it to I can make a Facebook ad for Comixology in five minutes. I can do it. Oh my fucking god! Fuck! It's really, it's insane. It's laughable. It's crazy. Fucking hire me, you moron! I'll make you a Facebook ad, you piece of crap. Jesus. 
apparatus. <laughs> the fucking apparatus. Oh, I'm dying. We need some kind of submarine <laughs> to deliver art to people. How do we some make kind of trebuchet? How do we make these artists famous? <laughs> I, how do we do that? Oh, <laughs> how do we do that? God damn it! If you don't know Axel Alonso, the editor in chief of Marvel Comics, you don't know how to make a a a artist famous. You are an idiot. Oh, what the fuck is the internet? A goddamn twenty-year-old joke. Mm. All right, let's. Okay, Whew. breathe deep. Calm. Uh, I think I, I think I, I think I blacked out. Oh, there for okay, a good. Well, you're back now. I can hear your voice. You're fine. Yeah, you can. <laughs> this is the best. This uh, is the let's, best. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's talk about good things. <clears throat> that is it for check again this week. That was a rather that's a fl- inflammatory checking in. That, I mean, you don't get you don't get uh, material like that every week. I think you don't get colossally stupid, uh, uh, <laughs> colossally stupid statements from leaders of. Uh, one of the largest uh, comic book uh, publishers uh, every week, you know. So you gotta you gotta take it when it comes. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth, like you would a book club. This week we are reading Black Widow, uh, one volumes one volumes. One, I get I imagine it'll be volumes one and two, uh, but issues mm-hmm. one through twelve. Just came out. Just finished. Mark Wade. You, really, you could really break that into three if you wanted to. Who but knows? It doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't break into. No, it doesn't. It really does seem like it breaks into two more neatly. Yeah, or just one. Honestly, just here. Like here is the entirety of it. Here's twelve issues. Big, big collection. Whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. Mark Wade, Chris Somney with uh, Matt Wilson colors. Uh, I gave my handy to Chris Somney for his work on this book. Mm-hmm. Um, he he'll thank you for it. Yeah, he'll thank me for it. Um, for new listeners, that is uh, our end of the world, into the end of the world, end of the year awards show. Yes, which is more every year. More regrets about naming it that. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, no, we're good. We're good. Maybe you have more regrets. I, I have fewer every okay. year. I <laughs> I I commit to being a weird pervert more every year. So, okay. okay. Well, I mean, you gotta know your brand, I guess it's important. It's, it's true. I, I own, I gotta own this shit. Uh, I mean, and this notably, this book has Mark Wade and Chris Somney credited as writers. And then Chris Somney credited as an artist, mm-hmm. which I think, I mean, a lot of, some comic books do, I think more and more comic books probably should just have, I don't know. Th- there's a, certainly a lot of books where the artist, might not necessarily like write out a script or something, but they are incredibly vital for mm. the storytelling and changing, you know, what happens from scene to scene, et cetera, et cetera. Like who knows what yeah. split of dialogue, who wrote what, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, Chris it's not Som- always like a David Aha fraction comic. No, exactly. It, it could you know, be, it could be any number of things. There's I a mean, lot of variables. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I, I think like, Probably comics suffer more if, like, the people that make in it aren't just kind of bros and they're just sitting down and talking, uh, just like, oh, well, this idea, or oh, well, what if we did this? And I mean, it's a collaborative medium, yes, for a reason. So, and yeah, yeah, what you read, we read issue one for the podcast for sure. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Did we read two? No, because okay. I was really fresh to almost all of this. Okay, what's your thoughts? I think I I remember I remember reading this first issue and thinking that she didn't kill that guy, and she she probably killed that guy. She kills a ton of people in this. Yes, 
she kills so many freaking people. She kills a lot of people. She kills a lot of people. You, positive, so negative. Where, where, what was, do you got? What thoughts, feelings? Okay, if no, this book's who who doesn't like this book? I will fight them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I I don't I try and assume I don't try and assume anything. I obviously I assume that you like this because Chris Omni's art in this is absolutely incredible. But it is it is very 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 strong. Um, v- wonderful action scenes. Uh, the characters are handled just absolutely pitch perfect. Captures the emotion of the scene, tells the story very, very well. Um, that is a thing that I keep thinking about, um, that this does feel pretty abbreviated. You know, this feels like not even like this feels like two, like two episodes of a television show. And I can't get that out of my head <laughs> since I read that thing that Justin Jordan talked about. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like this is new that comics didn't used to be like that. Um, like I, I certainly when you look way back and you look at like one of the master storytellers, you know, when you look at, um, the first name that, uh, who am I thinking of the spirit? Why can't I think of Will Eisner. Eisner's Eisner. fucking name? Yeah. Why am I stupid? Eisner is of course the first name you have to think of that. He was very against, this sort of cinematic storytelling, but we do kind of expect these emotional beats in our, in our stories. Um, but it, it does water down a story, uh, quite a lot that one issue of the spirit would tell as much as 12 issues of this story. Like, I think that, that Eisner could easily tell this story in one issue. I, I mean, I think that it's expectations. No, of course. Uh, from, from a new, like, I think that generally, I don't, I don't think that anyone necessarily has that explicitly in mind, mm-hmm. like, density of storytelling. I think, obviously they keep it in mind, like, I think anyone telling any yeah. kind of work is gonna go like, well, do I wanna be more concise here, or do I wanna do more? Do I wanna tell more of this story? Do I, like in a novel, it would be more descriptive sentences, longer sentences, mm-hmm. more description of, mm-hmm. in, or of environments. In, in a film, you know, it's slower, panning shots, it, it is yeah. pacing, you know, in a lot of yeah. times. It's, it's. We so have two hours of space to fill. Yeah, exactly. You have and, a lot of scenes you can do. You can move slow, or you can move fast, and you can play off of these things. Sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, in no way am I calling for a return to fast paced storytelling, but like even like a Brian K. Vaughn comic, like how many issues was, like, I, I think even the private eye feels much bigger than this. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of what happens in Saga is, is bigger than this. But I feel like you don't have to go back that far. You go back to like the early 2000s and in the 90s with like, like a Neil Gaiman or something like that or with Preacher that it's, I mean, of course, maybe Preacher's a bad example because there is a lot of cigarette lighting in Preacher. There is a lot of cigarette lighting in Preacher. There is an, there is an outrageous amount of cigarette lighting in Preacher. So maybe that's a poor example. I think I Sandman know. is a good example of, I, I, I think the, it's how many words, how much, I, a lot of it comes down to, I think actually, I like the size of this story. Yeah, I do too. Like it, it, I do feel like a lot of writers are just a little too aggressive. You know, they're, they're like, not aggressive, but maybe ambitious 
kind of a combination of those things. Like, let me just aggressively cram shit in my story. You know, it's it's got to be about their heroin addiction and it's got to be about her mother issues and it's got to be about saving the world and it's got to be about monsters and it's got to be about worshiping Satan and magic and and werewolves. And then you just eventually like it's just bad. Eric, are you pitching? I mean, like I'm on board. Is this your new comic? Because like I I, I think I can I I can pitch like five comics. (laughs) I I could I, I could see that being like a couple of comics. I. I don't. I feel from, like from the mind that brought you um, a one-page story about a cyborg delivering Cuban food. <laughs> I think that I I try and keep like I think that you're. I mean, you are right that this is two two very good episodes of a television mm-hmm. series, or probably yeah. I'd say a movie, a single film, a, probably like a, an hour and ten minute long movie. I think yes, you, about I, about. You could pad it out to an hour and a half. It's easy. You just have a yeah, lot. No, you. I mean, if, yeah, you, have, you, if you have Scarlett. If, longer fights. If you have Scarlett Johansson and, in your film, like, hey, like yeah. five minutes of just panning over Scarlett Johansson is what they do no, generally. This, this, um, would, this would be a this would be a bomb ass uh, Black uh, Widow movie. Yeah. Hell yeah, I would love it. They don't want to be great. They don't want to pay Scarlett Johansson a lot of money, which is what it would take. Um, um I think they're also they're also worried. Uh, about, I mean, it's the same thing throughout history. It's the reason they didn't give Kung Fu to um, to Bruce Lee, because they didn't think that an, an Asian-led thing, they don't think that a woman-led movie has enough legs well, to draw people in. We'll see how Captain Marvel does. We will. They're I'm, I'm going to see it. They're going to test the waters. I'm going to see it. Uh, I think that that while that I, is... You know, kind of tr- in that light, Okay. I wonder if they made Iron Fist the way that they did, as kind of A-B testing. Do, do you get what I'm getting at? Yeah, I understand. I would think that, like, all of them have kind of the same problems. Sort of throwing out Daredevil Season 2, they all have kind of not enough content in too many episodes, and they have lesser-known characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daredevil probably being the best, the most well-known one. Oh, absolutely. They all have similar takes, and it is, like, uh, white guy, woman, white woman, Black guy, white guy, and I, th- I like. Are they are they really like trying to test that? Are they trying to test it? You know, apart from I don't know. It's an interesting thought that just came to me. I'm I sure. Really, I don't know. I, you'd have to probably look at uh, the people who make Marvel movies are have have been very smart uh, mm-hmm. about their like. I, 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 yes, I would love a Black Widow movie, but I I don't I think they want to make a Black Widow movie. I don't think they want to pay Scarlett Johansson twenty five million dollars a movie because mm-hmm. that's what it would cost, and that's a lot of money uh, for anyone. Um, and the reason she's she her contract is for like st- also starring, not necessarily main star of a film, so she can appear in you know three Captain America movies and three Avengers movies, but and get this amount of money. But if she starts like being the lead star in any film oh yeah she gets paid a lot more so i think that's why there hasn't been a, that i think that is money is the main reason there hasn't been a black widow movie i think like well that and if she starred in that one she would probably like her rate for the other things would also go up yeah would go up tremendously yes but i like i try not to think too much about it's the same like argument people make about like video games and length mm-hmm. and they spend $60 on a game and it takes five hours, they get upset. But if they spend $60 on a game and it takes 200 hours, they, 
they're less upset even if the game is bad. They're like, well, even it, if the, even if it's all climbing. Yeah, even if it's all climbing, they're like, it's two hundred hours of it though. Yeah, but I'd like I'd rather pay sixty dollars <laughs> and get five great hours than pay sixty dollars and get two hundred uh, bad hours. Uh, and like I try like that. It is a that I think that quality quantity metric. There's a there's a there's is always there. That you need to strike there. Yeah, it's it's always there for anything you like anything and like anyone you know like you're consuming art you're always going to go well how much time am i spending on it how much does it cost and how much value is it mm. giving me you know like that and I, I think a thing can be short if there's replay yeah i don't you know i think I, a, I think a book can be short if like this is still pretty bite-sized but the storytelling is great yeah and i could see myself like not i mean this, this is a book I want the trades for, I think. Yeah. Not just, I mean, I can learn from this book. It's fucking every aspect of it's top notch. The it, storytelling's great. These panel layouts are great. This is, this is, this is like some of my favorite stuff. Like it's at the height of their powers. It's wonderful. I think it is Wade fully getting out of Chris Somney's way. Yeah. Like I think Mark Wade, Mark Wade is a great comic book writer. I take nothing from him. He's had hits in four decades now, or, or close mm-hmm. to it, or three decades at least. I'm not sure if the 80s, probably 90s, 90s aughts and the, the teens. Yeah. He's had three decades of comic book greatness. So I'm not taking anything away from Mark Wade, but I think Daredevil is, I think you can see that maybe in, even in the credits of this, where Daredevil was strictly Mark Wade writer, Chris Somney artist. And in this, you see Mark Wade and Chris Somney writer, Chris Somney artist. And mm. I feel like it is, it is Mark Wade going, I'm, they're, they're comfortable with each other. They worked together for years yeah. on Daredevil. Mark Wade gone, man, Chris Somney is a very good artist. I'm a, let's see what he can do if I get out of the way. Well, I don't think any artist gets into, gets into comic books, not, wanting to tell stories right i mean maybe they think they maybe someone thinks they want to do comics because they like drawing a picture of batman mm-hmm. but no one has a career in comics unless they really want to tell stories yes because i mean this is top shelf material i don't think chris omni is going to retire on this book as no. good as it is no. i mean maybe if it is literally option for this hypothetical film that will never happen because scarlett johansson wants to be paid mm-hmm. i mean I... maybe if it's optioned and they both get like a wheelbarrow full of cash they'll be okay but, but like no one is no one is really making bank in comics like it's really it's it is like many other art forms right now in that the very 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 tippy top make good money yeah and but i mean but, but, but i think ever, even like, them they probably they probably like make the amount of money like a a lawyer in their early 30s might make yeah i mean no one's like I, uh, the there's very few people who are the like jim lee and uh yeah uh, rob liefeld and todd farland the, who the, are like the, the comic book millionaires there's a very exclusive club and they all wear their hats backwards Raina Telgemeier is probably going to be, she's, she's, as she, as she's able to bank on that, on the amount of books she sells, I imagine she is, might get closer to that. Um, I, I hope she has more money than all of them. I, to be perfectly I, honest. I, I certainly I want, do I too. I'm, that world. I, yes, where Raina Telgemeier is the millionaire and not Todd McFarlane, uh, Mr. Well, I, I don't wear shoes. I am, I am sure at this point she is a millionaire, but I want her to, I want her to be a comic book billionaire. I want I want her to wake the fucking uh, industry up. 
the people like throw up their hands and like, I don't know, it's these for goddamn artists. <laughs> While Raina Telgemar Meyer draws like the simplest, least uh, um, pretentious art ever. And sells millions of copies. And sells just, and I, mm. the, I mean, this... show us the way, Raina. I would come be your unpaid intern. I would quit my job and be your unpaid intern right now. <laughs> Uh, when this the the last issue of this was announced, issue twelve, uh, people were like, "Oh no!" And um, both Mark Way and Chris Omni are like, "No, there's some, we're doing something else after. We're working on another yeah. thing." Like obviously, like the things they've done <laughs> together. To episode twelve and both take suicide pills. Like they are, they both Daredevil and Black Widow are both critically and commercially very successful. I, you know, there's there's no way that they're. I would love to see but, them I mean, this, unrestrained. Yeah, this, obviously, I would actually like to see them do something non-marvel i think they both have marvel deals which is probably why they'll be doing marvel books but i would love to see them do a something fresh something just their ideas over to image yeah i mean yep yep um i don't know this is i thought the phil note uh, the the phil noto black widow book was good i liked it i think this is this is the best black widow i've ever read yeah i this in these 12 issues i think it really gets to the core of that character. Like it's, you know, Black Widow is not like necessarily extremely complicated. And I think that's honestly like better for the most part. Like I think that superhero comics that get extremely complicated generally get worse as they go. Mm. Like this is it, the core of her character is like she used yes. to be bad. Now she's good. She does, yep. she, she wants to escape her past and make sure others don't have that same, uh, life. And that is exactly what the story is. It is exactly 12 mm-hmm. issues of her, of her, Get trying to uh, erase what she's done and make sure others don't have to do the same thing she did. And I think that I think it is a, a we 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 talk about we've talked about that several times. Is getting to to what is good about the character, what is what that character is about. Yeah. And I feel like it's a thing that certainly with Spider Man they've they've struggled with for quite some time, or they've tried to redefine it in a different way or it's it's unusual try and do things that don't work it it i don't know i think that if this thing's greatest sin is that it is not ambitious enough but is excellent i think that that's fine that is a crime that i can easily forgive because it is better to execute maybe maybe less ambitious ideas really extraordinarily well than to poorly execute bigger ideas. You know what I mean? That's that's yes. kind of my own no, I completely personal agree with philosophy with art. No, you I, know, uh, I I think any art, honestly, like not even just you know comic books, but yeah, would... that was that was what Ivy taught me many years ago. Uh, Ivy Decker, who was uh, on our episode when we read Faith Aaron Hicks. Uh, what was that book called? Nameless City. Nameless City. Yep. Yeah. Which the second volume is coming out this year. Yeah, I've I've asked her if she wanted to do it again. She seems interested, interested enough anyway. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that I probably didn't have as much a cohesive, like I don't know, metric in my head mm-hmm. for what I consider good art, meaning any any work of art, not just you know visual, yeah. but as as you know, we've talked as I've done many podcasts about talking about it with you and others is I'd rather have something 
small and tight and excellently executed other than something that is broader, that is more ambitious, but lose like th- loose threads everywhere. Yeah. Like I feel like I'd rather something be bite-sized and mm-hmm. graspable. I would yeah, I would take this book over the first thing that comes to mind, George Perez Sirens. <laughs> which is like trying to be time travel and all these characters and I is just a mess of a bad story. The first thing that comes to mind, I mean it is recent uh we, mainly because we've read it recently Shudder. Shudder is an excellent example of that, but I feel like it's not poor execution, which is kind of what I was going for. Oh, okay. I think that it is. I think it is average execution of too many things. It, I, I think a perfectly comparable. I mean, it hits the mark. You are you are not wrong. I, I mean, I like just is not quite the mark I was shooting at. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't think there's necessarily. I mean. There's many, many, most people working in comics are good creators. Mm-hmm. It's just the execution, a lot of it lies in execution and in what they are, you know, in that, what they're trying to do in the amount of issues they have. And I feel like Shudder, like, I think Joe Keating and Leila Del Duca are both tremendous creators. Oh, yeah. But they are trying to do a bunch of things. And I think that comic book would have improved by doing, hey, we're going to, we're naming, this is the one theme, the one theme we're going for. It's going to be echoing in every issue. Mm-hmm. And it is the one thing that we're going for. If at the end of this comic yeah. book, we, people take away one thing, I think this is what we want them to take away. This one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this Black Widow does that as well as anything about here. Here's one thing about Black Widow, about that character. Yep. About, what how she fits in like this book is you say she kills a lot of people mm-hmm. and like i never i never go like oh she's like this doesn't work or like this feels weird in the marvel universe i go no black that's what black like it it confirms a truth affirms a truth that you don't see in a lot of the other like the avengers titles that she's in were the 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 avengers version of her on the movies where they don't want to show her killing people because it makes her less of a affable you know joss whedon-esque yeah. uh heroine but in my conception of black widow i go no that she was a spy she worked for russia like she worked for soviet the soviet union mm-hmm. taking out people like there's that that scene when she's her first when she's a, a little girl and she has to go kill that dude in his car and it and inadvertently sets up a lot of the stuff in this story like that like things that I knew in my head, like I mean, like I know, like every like Blackwood is an old character. She's been around for f- nearly fifty years now. Like you go, like yeah, she worked for the Soviet Union. She became a good guy. Like that is her simple arc. Uh, if you want to like look at the greater Marvel universe, but and like I like I always thought like yeah, of course she had to kill people. Like she's a espionage, a secret agent. Mm-hmm. Like James Bond killed people. We don't think about it. Um, they he killed bad guys. You know, like who cares? Yep. Um, which they even. I think they even poke fun of that a little bit in this with that telepath guy who accidentally accidentally scanners that one dude. Um, but there's like, it is the violence in this is quite brutal at times. It's, it is pretty gruesome. Like, and especially that that's the scene that sticks out in my mind is the one where she's her first target when she's like, I don't know how old they don't say how exactly how old she is. She appears to be. It was, it was, it's not the same one as Jensen. 
the first target wasn't Jensen. This was a different event, right? The dude in in the car. I forget. I don't remember his name. The one. Who, yeah, the, 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 right. The, that was the one who was the 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 lion. Yeah, his the, his, the, the two kid kids who grew up to be the telepath and the yeah, lion. Yeah, the two kids turn out to be yeah. the people in the present day. In that yeah. scene in particular, it's just her like stabbing the stabbing this dude yeah. over and over and over again, and then also like brutally attempting to murder a child. Like there's and it's no no like question like no like this is her fully programmed to be a killing machine. There's no her questioning her programming or anything at this point. It's just like I'm a I kill. This is what I'm supposed to do, and she does it, and it contextualizes that character. Uh, and like I feel like that I like I don't ever the violence in this isn't I think integral. I feel like it is very important because she is human. You know, she's not, she, she doesn't have the Iron Man suit. She doesn't have, she's not Thor. She's not a demigod. She doesn't have Bruce Banner's power. She can't just Hulk out. She is just a, 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 a very well-trained assassin who happens to have like, who knows what, I don't even know the current state of her long life thing is. Like, I, I don't, I think she had the, the thing, the same thing that Nick Fury took to make right. him live forever. I don't know if they ever, they don't really ever talk about that, which is like they, it'll, It'll turn her into a wrinkled old moon man one day too. Yeah, Nick Fury does. I I like Nick Fury in this. I feel like that is the suitable. No, it was a it was a neat little vignette, wasn't it? Yes, him on the mood and yeah. dragging chains and fully ghost of Christmas yeah. past form now. Um, you know, you get you do have Bucky in here. Winter Soldier makes an appearance. Um, but it and Shield like they take the stuff from the Marvel universe that works with Black Widow and makes it with that one thing redemption of the her crimes they don't they don't gloss over her crimes they say yeah i was i did those things and that's what and it and by showing those things it makes her quest to free all these young girls in the new in the dark room it makes us realize why that's valuable and makes like it it's very simple and solid storytelling uh like that i don't think people laud enough in when comic books do it well like just piecing things like when those simple things connected together make for an along with obviously Sony's art and ability to tell that story in his art makes for an incredible comic. I really wish Somni sold his original art. <laughs> He's got to have something to retire with. I know. I, He'll be like Bernie Wrightson uh, a year ago when I met him and he was selling an old book that he did in entirety only for $90,000. That's a lot. Yeah, I told him I'm, I wasn't going to take out a I wasn't going to take out a loan to buy that from him, but I I liked him very much. <laughs> I I mean, I think there's multiple schools of thought about artists who sell their art and how they do it. Uh I know some guy like literally the comic book comes out the next day you can buy all the pages if you want to. Yeah. For you know, a lot of money, but you know, they're I it's, mean, re- I, it's original I art. Yeah, that, it's worth it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a to me it's a wonderful thing and I think that I don't know. I want I want illustrators to be making money on the, the front, back end, middle ends. I think that you saw that post I made about the tattoos, right? I don't remember where you came down on the on that uh, I, that argument. I have I mean, I have tattoos. I generally, if I'm, t- if I'm using art from an artist, uh, I will ask them 
if they want to be yeah. paid. And if they say yes, then I'll, it is, I'll pay yeah. them. If they say, no, I want a picture, I, I mean, I do what they want. Like, I give it up to mm-hmm. – I leave it up to the no, artist. I, I don't try and impose anything. No, of course. I think that's fine. Like, I don't think you should, like, force someone to take money or, like, get angry at them because they don't want it. I mean, obviously, it is it is entirely their call. But I think most people just think, like, oh, I'm entitled to this because I'm already paying a guy for this thing why should i pay the guy that created the original thing who i like enough to like put it on me forever i mean i I don't know i think that if i think that these image makers do not get paid enough and there was this literally the writer's strike was about like using our writing in different mediums and us getting paid for it and that is what the world is artists are have to give their shit away for free on the apparatus that's what we're calling it now (laughs) um they have to give their shit away for free so people can see them and we are so used to that free shit that we're entitled to it and fucking i i really think that it is almost impossible to for artists to make anything that i think they need to get paid for the publishing. They need to get paid for the rights. They need to get paid for the original artwork. All of this shit. Yeah, it really it's super important. Hey, and, hey, hey, and hey, Marvel! Another reason why all your writers and artists move to Image uh, after they made a name for themselves. As, as soon as they can, they go which is to the why, place where they uh, own everything, and then they can sell the TV rights and the movie rights, and also their own art, and they get uh, mm-hmm. percentages of the single issues <laughs> and of the trades and of hardcover collections later on down the line plus any and of, origi- of course the of course the uh, the answer to that is let's uh, let's have six of them on a book so no one gets any traction and make everyone and only hire people that draw house style so they can't they can't pull a babs tar and go off and try and make their own book mm-hmm. i mean i it's maybe treat them like top tier talent and, and they'll, they'll stick, stick around. around again that's why they there's a lot more writers locked down than there are artists. Well, that and writers get treated like business people and artists get treated like insane flakes that uh, do nothing but smoke pot and, and smear paint on things. That isn't what they do. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I, I am doing it all. I'm doing those things right now. Oh, OK. I mean, I, so, can, I can see you're not actually doing those things. Shit. Hoisted by my own petard. I don't, uh, I, this, like, these are the kinds of books that I, I, I love and are worth going to Marvel for. Um, they're this, again, Black Widow, not short, there's no issues in this about Civil War 2. There's nothing, this is all 12 issues of Wade and Somni's story about this one character, and they do a terrific job. Uh, Somni's, like, I can't expl- overstate how good the artwork is. Tells this like we talked about this last week about the, the storytelling and how valuable that can be. Uh, like you want to look, you want a primo, a uh, prime example of an artist, top notch visual storytelling, you leading you from point to point, explicitly spelling out action scenes and making the character look like a badass, and well, delivering any emotion honestly, not just like hey, mm-hmm. this is a cool character, like the cool action scene. It's also the these the quiet moments the sad moments explicitly spelling that out the thing that i really like about this and this is this is a thing that i think people will be trying to replicate 
for years, or at least people that love comics, because this feels like a big movie, like a story, you know, a huge thing, you know, but mm-hmm. it doesn't just look like, it doesn't just look like 2004 uh, Brian Hitch, no. like trying to make the Ultimates look like a movie. No. It's not, it's not based in that novelty of, oh, well, this is like making comics like Alex Ross, like a movie, like it's real. You know, this is, I mean, it, it, hopefully this will age gracefully, you know, as those kind of happens. I feel um, like because it is, I think it is, I mean, I, I it's a thing I, you know, when I ever, every Chrisomni book I've ever read, mm. it's always a, he, he doesn't do, like he's like we talk about J.H. Williams the third last week yeah. about his weird panel layouts and all that stuff mm-hmm. and you mentioned Brian Hitch who does the the widescreen the d- lots mm-hmm. of two page spreads with like mm-hmm. one big scene of destruction etc yeah. etc that kind of stuff this is I would say here's closer to traditionalist layout structures yeah to traditional comic book storytelling it just does it as well as you possibly can it just goes mm-hmm. like here from a to a to b to, to c and does it phenomenally well and i feel like that's when you say if it ages well i think anything that does that you can always kind of come back like you dave yeah. gibbons you mentioned you know I, like no, dave gibbons yeah, reads as well like watchman reads as well today as it did 30 years ago like it doesn't it it's still I, I right works. I just hope no exactly. But I mean I just hope that this does not feel like it relies on gimmicks. It's just hard to say how we're gonna feel about it ten years from now. I really hope that we look back on twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen and we're like, yeah, Vision came out and uh the Wade Somni uh, uh Black Widow came out and we're like, Whoa, this is this is this is so on point. This is what we want superhero comics to be this is telling the story that we want this is this is defining the character that we want this is this is steeped in the right kind of history and tells the right kind of intimate story and really cuts to the quick of the character i don't know what the like whoever has to pick up if someone's going to be doing a black widow comic after this i'm that's it's going to be Rob Liefeld. Tough challenge there uh, to try and live up to this. Because uh, this, to me, is like like the Volta and King vision. I think this is mm-hmm. the same kind of, I don't know, notable arc for this character. Like, if if I said, hey, I want to read a Black... Someone came up to me and was like, I watched the, the Marvel movies, and I like Black Widow a lot. What comic should I read? Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here, mm-hmm. here's 12 issues. Read this. Here you go. This is exactly what I I think this is defining defi- definitive uh, Black Widow. Um, and I don't know. I this is what this. Hey Marvel, you want advice what to make do things like this? I I, I like. I feel like they are chasing what the promise of what the Marvel universe was in 1960. You know, a, a world where everything is connected. I feel like honestly they'd be better off going back. R- I mean, obviously, it's a world where Nick Fury and Winter Soldier and Black Widow are in the same place. They can talk to mm-hmm. each other. But relying less on that connectivity and more on smaller, concise storytelling. And th- I think they'd be better off for it. Like, uh, the problem with Civil War Two is, like, one, you make a event that's not good. And two, like, 
you connect half of your comic books to it and the people who don't like it, it's a put your eggs all in the basket. And I think it's safer. This is me speaking solely as trying to make sell comic books. Like you have a small, concise story that's 12 issues long. You know exactly what it is and people will buy all 12 issues of it because it is like, I, I imagine that books like this books, like the vision, like typically a lot of comic books have fall off. After the first one, two, three issues, they go, uh, people forget about it. They get less enthusiastic about it. I don't know. Books like this, I imagine have stronger, you know, stickiness. People mm-hmm. keep, bu- keep buying the later issues because it's, it is, the, you, get, you get more buzz because yes. they're, they're good. And uh, but people pay attention to them. Have, when you're walking around, have you seen a ad on the, even on the apparatus for, Hey, <laughs> Black Widow sevens out this week. Maybe you should buy it. I have seen zero. Yeah, me too. And you would or, think you'd think we're fucking marks for this shit. It's yeah, very easy to get I, this in front of us. I I stare at goddamn social media like crazy, and I see no targeted ads. I see they they target all of my micro niche bullshit interests very well. Mm-hmm. They they manage to follow me everywhere. I never never see ads for comic books that i should be interested in how about hey here's an artist chris somni one of the best artists working for you marvel hey make where's the fucking payola for this shit tell me about it hey push push it put it in front of everyone's face yeah like there's someone made the point of like hey netflix whenever there's a new show anywhere you go in new york city there are billboards everywhere you go on the subway there are billboards for iron fist or 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 uh Black Mirror or any of those shows there's always billboards yeah. like hey you should no no ads for Marvel comics goddamn comics still playing small ball yeah got to go for the w i don't, i i couldn't like i don't know like i could go on and on about how how excellent this comic is and i like it picked up where you know vision ended and i was kind of like well where's the comic i want to read constantly now and that it mm-hmm. became this this is the marvel comics this is, that I this, went is like. a, this is a this is a good one to do it yeah go hey guys read this like go hunt it down like it's not collected yet but when it is get when in god knows how long when they finally collect this thing again the other mm. problem like people want to buy collections and will happily like just give them uh, it's like we're, I don't want we don't, we've we spent like forty five minutes in the middle of the show talking about it, but it it's another <laughs> another big problem. Anything else you want to say, Eric? No, I think we've gabbed for a long we time. We have. This is a long one. This has been a good one. Yes, it has. Um, uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna do uh, Lady Killer Volume One next week. Uh, Joel Jones and Jamie Rich. Uh, I'm very curious. I, I've only read that one issue of the, of the sequel, and I kind of I, I it was. Uh, available on Comicsology for a song, and I just kind of pass it up. So next week, Lady Killer. What, what, what song did you sing? Was it Tom Petty? That's why you had Tom Petty in your head. Uh, I sang Akuna, Akuna Matata mm, in the uh, style of Tom Petty, though, right? This, I don't know what that sounds like. I'm not going to try. I don't know either. Uh, I really, so, I really want to hear it now. <laughs> we will be reading that next week. Uh, join us. I think that'll do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to everything there, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour on our tour Twitter, which is Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us. Tell us things you want us to read or look at. We might, we might just do it. We're that, just that crazy. 
Mm-hmm. You can uh, also give us a five star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Tell your friends about us. Uh, gets us new listeners. We like that a lot. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you for any effort you expend for us. You can find me on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Oh, I love that question. You can get me by going to freewillunlimited.com. That's where my portfolio lives. You can also see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Twitter and my Instagram, where I am both known as EasyGoodnight. Padow. You want me to? Do you want me to bedow you? Bedow. There you go. Uh, with that, call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.